Hey everybody, this is Steve Gibson. And I'm Ryan Berger. And welcome to this week's episode of Distinctly Digital, a modern recruiting podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be speaking about everyone's favorite topic, email marketing. Just before we went, just before we went live, uh, so Ryan is now working remotely out of his our, our St. Louis headquarters there, there mm-hmm. in in Midtown of St. Louis, and um, so he hasn't seen me in a while. And he asked, "Steve, did you get a haircut since our last podcast?" And the answer, Ryan, is is yes, yes, I did. It, it looks good. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I, you know, I've spent the last. 15 minutes primping it before um, we start the start of the video. So I'm hoping it it does. It doesn't even look like it needed the help. Well, you know, go on. I'm not (laughs) going to stop you. Go on. No, no, no. It looks good. I mean, it looks nicely feathered. I mean, the edges are touched up nice. Yeah, I I really when I go in, I I, I tell I tell uh, Carl, I said, I want the fair faucet, Carl. And he, hmm. he knows exactly what I mean. So he yeah. feathers it out nicely. So. Just have dreams of being in Kurt Russell's arms. Wait, did, I, were they together at some point? I thought so. Unless I got the wrong I, name. I think you're thinking Goldie Hawn. Oh, my God, I am. That's what I'm... I'm, this is embarrassing. I feel like we need to well, start should, the episode it, over. Well, we can't start it over, but but you got Farrah Fawcett mixed up with Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Well, you're I thinking like have... over... You're thinking like overboard, right? Where like she, she falls. She's a rich um, debutante, <laughs> and she gets kicked over a boat, and then loses her loses her um, her memory, has amnesia. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Russell and his two his three wild boys kind of pretend to be her husband. You know, yeah, have no. you not seen that? Um, I, I, I'm. There was a remake of that a few years ago. I didn't see that one either, but you should be talking about that because, you know, I'm a new generation, so I don't know anything that happened before me. What What was the remake? I think it was also called Overboard. They just flipped. It was a rich guy and a lady pretending to be his wife. Uh, oh, interesting. No, I didn't. I didn't know they had done a uh, another version of that. See, yeah, they, sometimes they go sponsor classics. They Ghostbusters. I don't understand with the classics. Why don't they just go ahead and um, and leave them alone? This was this was pretty much a perfect movie. It, it was made in 1987. Okay. Um, stalled, starred Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. I don't know if it was pre-marriage, post-marriage. I don't know that they're quite the history on that. Um, but for those of you that are have access to our <laughs> video and you want to find out more, check out check out the IMDb link that I provided. Uh, that will give you all the details you need on that classic. Um, I think it's it's one that it's one worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I think I mean let's just end the episode here. Who needs email marketing when you've got? <laughs> I, really, I really think we should branch out into uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell history and just have a podcast based on that. You know, I'd love to, but I've already shot all my credibility on That's this topic. True. Um, just, that just that just makes you hungry though to find out more. It does. I'm 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 thirsting for knowledge. What else was Goldie Hawn in? I don't know. You're at I'm like twelve. <laughs> oh, she's she was in um, was that sixties uh like sketch comedy show right? It was uh, 
what was that mo- that show? It was it was a ridiculous show. Hold on. Um, she was in Private Benjamin. Okay. The First Wives Club. None of these I've heard of so far. All right. Um, this is what she's known for. Death becomes her. Okay. Um, let's let's just check out some. Um, was it like the Laugh On or like what is that? What is that show that Laugh? Uh... Oh, I cannot think of the name of it. Now we now we got we can't. I mean, she I know this is called Laughing. She was a dancer on on uh, Laughing, which was a sketch comedy show oh. back in the sixties. Okay, yeah, my dad has showed me that before. Yeah, <laughs> sit down, son. <laughs> let me show let me show you something important. <laughs> Yeah. So she's had a long career. I mean, that's 1960 all the way through into most recently, according to IMDb. She's going to be in, she was in the Christmas Chronicles part two as Mrs. Claus, starring, co starring Mr. Claus, her husband, Kurt Russell. So, oh, you know what? I saw the first Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I have to say on it. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to completely, again, if you want to skip over that, you can. That's fine. Um, but I recommend going back and listening to it over and over again to get up and acquainted with your Goldie Hawn history. But um, mm-hmm. today uh, we're going to be talking about email marketing and why it's as relevant as Goldie Hawn st- starring in Christmas Chronicles 2. The attack of Mrs. Claus. I think, <laughs> I think we could even argue it might be more relevant. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's more relevant than that. Uh, it's hard to believe, but it is. Um, you know, it's something we use every day. Um, it is. It, it can be as simple as you know, there, there's obviously a lot of facets to email marketing. Um, you know, you use emails just to communicate one on one with different individuals, just just like you do in your inbox to team members, colleagues, clients, candidates. Um, it's something that that kind of in. It, I think it's so common now that we don't think about it as being as useful as maybe we did in the two thousands. Um, it's both common and at the same time, it feels a little bit antiquated. Um especially sometimes from some of the usage capabilities. Um, You know, we're so used to so many things being integrated on the internet that sometimes email, because it's, it feels kind of housed within itself. It can feel a little more of a relic than it is, but it it really is still very useful. Yeah. And I think the spammy as well. People Mm -hmm. are worried about that connotation that comes with it. Um, Just because we've now we're, we just get uh, emails every single day for anything and everything that we've looked at or haven't looked at. And, and a lot of those go straight to the junk folder. And so how to cut through the noise and, and not be a part of that. You know, I think that's, that's some of people's concerns as well when looking at at email marketing and, and using it to really reach um, both audiences, both clients and candidates, still it's still an effective way to mm-hmm. to get in front of of those those types of, of people. Um, and not only that, it's really it's it's a it's a vital piece of, of a marketing plan, I would say. Yeah, I would think so. There's actually an interesting statistic I saw. Uh, oh, this is, yeah, this is from HubSpot. So go ahead and and take a peek yourself, everybody. Um, but 
four out of five marketers said they'd rather give up social media than email marketing, which I think is a very interesting statistic. But how are people going to know what I ate that morning or, or what I'm feeling at that exact moment? Well, you can email them, Steve. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can, but they won't. But they won't like it in the way that I that they can on LinkedIn. They won't like it, but they probably, from my experience, will engage with it more. Uh, one of the things that we kind of compete with on social media is um, getting things out organically. So, if you want to do things the cheapest they can be on social media. Obviously, you create a post and you share it, but roughly only about 5% of your followers will see that. So it's very limited uh, to what they can see. Obviously, you can put spend behind it, but then with that word, you're going to be spending more. Right. Uh, email marketing is relatively cheap and it goes directly to an inbox. And you still have a wide audience considering there are over 4 billion daily email users. Again, HubSpot, look it up. Look, look it up, check it, fact check them. Um, and well, and, and there are people that you've, you, you've probably and, and really should have at some point touched in some way, shape or form. Um, you, you know, these are people that you have potentially engaged with through phone calls, messaging over LinkedIn. Maybe you've referred to them through years, but somehow you have come across them. And ideally, um, they've opted in for what you have to offer. And if they've opted in for that, then you, they're more likely to open it and be engaged in what you do. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a, there's a fine line of, of following those, those spam laws. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, always make sure that you do it to the fullest extent. Um, it's important to, you don't want to get your email blacklisted. Especially um, when it relates to recruiting, because there are terms that they'll flag, such as employment, employment oh, yeah. opportunities um, that you really have to be careful about that, um, you know, sometimes I mean, I've seen things I've seen that word get tagged just for uh, they thought it was a stock trading scam. Right. Because, you know, they're thinking get rich quick when really you're just trying to get your opportunities out there. I've had people, um, so we, we've even talked to, so we use a couple different marketing automation systems ourselves internally and, and work with a whole lot with different clients that already have that within, if within their tech stack and things that they do internally. Um, but there is even a couple of those systems that won't engage or, or let recruiters use their system because of the, the way they spam. Um, and the way that they, they utilize those systems in, in an improper way. And so everything we do, even down to email marketing has to be thought about and done in the right ways and right strategy and right thought behind how to approach it. So it's not just something where, and this is probably why people have felt like email has been so uh, ineffective through the years, especially as of late, because they don't do it with any type of strategy or any type of, of process. It's always just something where they just blast out 50,000 emails. They don't check their list. They don't clean it. They don't, you know, if, if, um, if, I was going to try to bring back Goldie Hawn back into this, but I'm believe it alone. Um, <laughs> if they, uh, like if Mrs. Claus was talking to Mr. Claus in the Christmas story Chronicles two, and he didn't check his list twice, she would probably make sure that he did because she's a great wife and knows that he should check that list twice before going out in the cold on Christmas Eve. So just mm-hmm. like Mr. Claus, he's to check his list twice. 
that we also need to make sure that our list is clean. Use use programs like Never Bounce um, or Zero Bounce, which they look like exactly the same company. They may or may not be. I don't know. <laughs> they do. They both do the same thing, which is great. They they let you run a a uh, list or a CSV file through that list and allow you to clean it and scrub it for any old emails, any emails that will bounce and things that don't exist anymore, which gives you a lot better send rate when you're sending through a bulk email server um, that allows you to be then not get on a blacklist. Because when you get over a 1% bounce rate, that's when you start to get a negative spam score um, in a lot of ways when, when people are, are, when you're sending those emails out. So Use a system that's able like a so like a marketing automation system like a HubSpot or like an active campaign or an Emma or, or different programs like that that then can send these in the appropriate ways. Uh, SendGrid is another one. Mailgun is another one. It's the SMTP servers where then you can set up your email. So you're not sending through your Gmail. You don't want to send through your Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to send through your Outlook. You want to make sure these things are routed separately through bulk email sending servers that can handle this and, and space them out properly. Um, and that it's sending to a very clean, precise list of individuals that have that you actually have permission to send to, ideally. And when you hear, you know, don't use your Gmail, don't use your Outlook, don't be concerned with the idea that it's not going to look like it's coming from you. Um, right. You know, because when you use these programs, you're still going to be able to, to show who it's sending from. When we send out our newsletter, it comes from Steve. Right. right. Even though we use, yeah. use Active Campaign. Right. And it has to be set up properly. Um, you have to go through and do, set up the records in the right way so that it does that. But when it does, um, it makes it a lot more credible when someone does receive that. And it actually looks like it's coming from you. So mm-hmm. so there's the aspects of 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 sending and some of the technical aspects of that are, are going to be important to to narrow in on and, and making sure that you're set up properly to do that. Um, so you don't get put into spam. You don't get blacklisted. You don't hurt your, your servers that you're on, all those things that are going to be important. But then there's the aspect, okay, what exactly is it? And so, you know, how do we approach it? Is it something where we're just sending a haphazard newsletter or is it something where we actually have a nurture campaign in place? Um, you know, there's a lot of different facets to that. And then, and then obviously our audiences, both clients and candidates would have a different approach, uh, or maybe even slightly tweaked approach based off of what information we want to get to them. Um, a nurturing campaign, let's just talk about what that is. So a nurturing campaign mm-hmm. is a, is a recruitment marketing strategy that allows us to engage with clients and candidates to ensure that when it's the right time for them to either hire, um, or right time for them to make that career move, that your firm is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and so this is just staying top of mind, giving them and, and, and again, not just randomly sending it out, information, but having a plan of the information that you're going to be sending them and even taking them through specific journeys within that system. Yeah, you have to have some thought and planning behind it. You know, there has to not just be how you're going to do it, but why you're doing it and why would they want to receive these things is something that you should consider, too. You know, um, when we talk about nurturing, you know, a, a newsletter can be a great part of it but it's not necessarily your whole thing. Um, If you're reaching out to candidates, um, you know, you don't just want to do something like send out a massive, here's our hot jobs. Um, That's not necessarily part of a nurture campaign. Um, And it it shouldn't be random. You know, it it should feel uh, 
like every time they kind of see from you, they're like, oh, yeah, what, you know, they, they should be looking at it and and expecting something either educational, informative, something that's going to help them. And it's not salesy. Right. It's not just a it's not just the 4 a.m. text you up. Yeah. You know, no, it's, 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 it's not just reaching out to them when you need something. It's, it's, hey, baby it's girl looking for a career move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not something like that. It's, it's more of a, um, a, uh, just a, a consistent, uh, awareness and communication from your brand to them that then when they know that they need something that you're there, you're like the, you're like the best friend that's just, the, that's always there that they didn't think about. But then when the time's right and they just got dumped by that jerk of a boyfriend, guess, that, who's, or, there. guess who's there? Your a little bit of ice cream, some Ben and Jerry's and a, and a blanket and a hug, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's all you ben, need. Ben, ben, that's and Jerry's a, ben and Jerry's and a hug. That, that's recruiting in a nutshell. We're just, you're there for them. You're um, nurturing them. You're nurturing them. But honestly, you know, as ridiculous as this is getting, it, it is, it's, um, <laughs> it, it is that it's, it's, it's showing you're demonstrating your expertise. It's staying in front of them. It, you know, it includes things like hot jobs, you know, from time to time, putting oh, yeah. that in within, with, within emails and things that you're putting out there. Um, it, but then using those, those campaigns that you're sending them on. So if you have a particular expertise that you work in, maybe it's multiple, maybe it's a niche of a, a functional expertise within your, your large industry that you service and you're sending these individuals down an educational path of maybe how to obtain let's just use insurance for example that's where i come from but best ways to be able to study and obtain your cpcu and uh and you as a recruiting firm giving them resources and and some thoughts behind how a a a underwriter can go and and obtain their cpcu within their industry and you start off by giving them an introductory email of why that cpcu is important to them when when they're furthering their career and looking to move it up the ranks within in or in insurance organization. And then you give them resources and ways to be able to go in and seek that out and classes to be able to help them take that. And you're sending these different emails and keeping them uh, uh, involved in that journey. And ultimately, you know, it may not be something that results in a placement right away, but this individual that's engaging in that, that would be appreciative of that information when they're ready to make that move or when they're ready to hire the right individual, they could reach out to your firm. It it makes you potentially an, a asset and a value to them. Well, and, and as we know, candidates turn into clients, clients turn into candidates. I mean, right. it, it's it's a cycle. So no matter what, you're setting yourself up for success long term. You know, when we look at potential um, potential plans on, on how to do a sort of uh, passive candidate type nurturing uh, nurture campaign, you know, I mean, you can have a whole plan of, of three months and easily could still be doing more past that and should be doing more past that. Um, You know, it's, it's like you said, and all those things, it's providing the education, you know, sometimes showcasing um, specific placements that you've made. Um, Sometimes part of that campaign can be, you know, just a a nice little check-in call, Um, you know, but it's all, it's all part of a bigger thing uh, to, to, set up your success and their success. 
Right. And, and the, a lot of these, and it sounds like this may be really difficult to do, but, but a lot of these CRMs and, and marketing automation systems have these things in place to set up these campaigns that if Joe Smith clicks on this uh, link in the email, then send him this email or then send me a notice that John Joe Smith clicked on this. And that way I can reach out. All these little sequences can be built out and a lot of, and there's a lot of options for that, that allow you to be able then to set a, a plan and, um, and to be active in the way that, that you're responding and, and interacting with these clients and candidates through these campaigns. Um, oh yeah. I mean, you could have from the start, everything set up to be automated. I mean, the second that someone signs up for your newsletter, I mean, if, if you could filter them into a contact or the second their info's in there, filter them in and you could have a whole three months of automation set up just to take care of, of them specifically. Right. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And, and what's cool about it as well. So back to the part of that, that email marketing is a piece of what it is that you're doing. So if you're running something like, uh, let's say you're active on social media and you know, you're, you're engaging with with clients and candidates to that platform one of your you could have a goal to bring them back to signing up for your uh, your uh, to, for one of your campaigns um and one of your email blasts and have them sign up for that and then then that what that does is get them involved in that journey and then when they come back to the website from that journey if, or from an email that's in that campaign if you're using like a google display or google keyword campaign uh, through the Google ad manager that you can retarget that individual then come for coming to your website. And so now that they clicked through and read this article in more detail or, or searched the jobs that you had available or featured candidates that you had there, now they can go ahead and, um, and be retargeted for the next 90 days, wherever they're going on the web, whether it's Forbes, CNN, Fox, whatever it may be. And now you're staying in front of them in that way too. So not only are they getting emails from you still, now they're seeing your ads for your organization, for your company, wherever they're going online, they're they're engaged with you on social media. They're engaged with you in their email and engaged with you through, through their browsing. And so uh, it becomes just a great way to stay in the top of mind and, and have a lot of different touch points in the way that you're interacting with these, with these prospective clients and candidates. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I was, you good? I was going to keep going no, here. No, I go ahead, man. I got, you got something too. I was going to go ahead. Well, bit too, just don't, not so hard, but, but go ahead and try. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, one of the things I think that's important to talk about too, when we're talking email marketing is making sure that you are optimizing it from mobile. Okay. Uh, you know, again, pulling from our statistics here that we have up uh, nearly 55% of global website traffic is generated from mobile devices and this excludes tablets. So we're talking basically, purely on a smartphone. Uh, so you need to make sure that when you're designing your email campaigns and when you're designing out these nurture campaigns, that one, your content isn't too long. So people are going to be scrolling forever. And two, right. your images are optimized and sized right to be able to showcase well on a mobile device. Otherwise, things can look wonky and spammy and uh, it's going to hurt your engagement rate. Right. Yeah. And give them something to do as well within mm -hmm. it, you know, so whether it's mobile device, like Ryan said, that's going to be important, but, but ultimately if there's no call to action in an emails they're getting either, then they're just getting information. So think about that as well. And this goes back to setting goals, uh, putting those things in place, having a little plan and strategy behind what it is that you're doing, which we've preached in pretty much every podcast that we've put out so far. Um, uh, yeah. If you're not thinking strategy at this point, I mean, I don't you know. Might, I don't you know might what we be can listening do. to the wrong podcast. <laughs> I don't know. If, you know, 
Hey, now don't turn away our 10 listeners. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. I'll have you know, we just reached over 400 listens all the time, all time. That That's pretty good, right? That is. That's, it's pretty good. Have we had 400 listeners before this? No. Could you imagine 400 people in a room right now listening to you talk? No. <laughs> no. So it's pretty good. Right. Yeah, it's not bad. So I, I won't turn that away. Um, no. One thing, too, I think it's important to bring up just as I'm thinking about it, because I may lose my train of thought. Um, I know we're clear and concise here, but just just in case, just in case I do. Um, a lot of firms have a hard time with with doing things with candidates once they've applied. Um, if they're not a fit, then all of a sudden they just fall off. You know, if you have a plan in place, then to even if they're not a fit, but a way to respond to them and put them into a journey or campaign to be able then to. Uh, stay in touch with them um, for when they are a fit, especially if you work a niche, niche, you know, a very specific industry niche, who knows that person may develop the career in two years, be the right person you're looking for, or that opportunity may come across your desk where they're the perfect fit in a few years. Um, so, and, but then so many, there's so many bad uh, relationships or things that take place between a recruiter and a candidate because the recruiter's busy and um, and that person's not a fit. And so they just they just go on about their day because that's what mm. recruiters do. But candidates get their feelings hurt because they don't quite even understand. Really, I think a lot of the times what relationship recruiters and candidates should have. They don't realize that can't, they don't work for candidates. They work for clients. Um, that being said, recruiters forget that candidates are more than just a number and they're people. And there's that balance and that struggle that's there. Um, and email can be a great way to help bridge that gap. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can do, it can cut out some of those things that leave a negative taste in people's mouths about recruiting things like ghosting things like, um, you know, just, just no calls things, um, really just a general lack of communication that leaves people feeling slighted understandably. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I get it, but it's just sometimes it's, it's hard from begin work from working in the desk. It's hard to do that just because oh. if you if, if you respond personally to every candidate that reaches out uh, and you're a very small boutique firm or, or office, it can be very difficult to do. But if we have a plan in place and you can have an automation, hey, thanks, but thanks, but you're not a fit for this position right now. We'll keep in touch with you for opportunities and things that may come up. And then not only then you they get that email, but it then sends them into different touch points to be able to receive more communication from you guys and from your firm. And it makes them feel a little bit less neglected. Um, and it's simple to be able to do. And no one's going to be, obviously people are going to be disappointed hearing that they didn't get a role, but people aren't going to be unhappy that they were treated professionally. Right. Right. And so you can always come away, even if it's not the outcome that they wanted, you can still build that relationship. Exactly. So, so those are things that, that emails can be used for, um, uh, you know, again, it should be for an entirety of a, a, a part or in a piece of what you do from a marketing perspective, it should be used to keep candidates engaged, keep clients engaged, to stay top of mind, be in front of them. Um, it, you know, having calls to action, making sure it's in, it's mobily optimized, um, you know, making sure that it is something that you're still doing. And, and, and in the, if it's done in the right way um, and, and consistently, it will be very impactful, impactful for your company. Uh, and it's not something that should be looked over just because it's been around 20 years now or probably longer than that, but used in the day to day business for over 20 years. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, it just, it's just easy to forget when, when LinkedIn is so sexy right now and ads are so sexy and all the things that you, you know, you hear about. And if I want to go on there and put a post on LinkedIn and, and talk about what my dog said to me or, you know, <laughs> what, what, what relative, gosh, what relative died. I've getting my, my LinkedIn. I don't know if it's like the algorithms that are set for me, but I'm seeing posts for deaths, for cancers, um, for, uh, uh wars, um, financial crises. It's, it's like, Ar- this guy's been like, too happy. <laughs> it's like Armageddon on, on my, uh, on my newsfeed. I don't, I don't know what to quite do about it. Um, I don't engage with, with these things, but they're there. So it's, it's pretty intense. So, so being able to avoid that at some point would be great. And <laughs> if, if we maybe were more active in other aspects like email mm-hmm. marketing, it can be a good way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I do want to leave, you know, one, one more thing before we, uh, before we close it out here, I do want to say, um, don't send one email and say, well, I didn't get a ton of response off of this. <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing it. Right. Um, like anything with marketing, it's going to take time. It's going to take little adjustments here and there. You know, it might take some split testing. It might take some, you know, just some different things that you can do. And take, it's just going to take some adjustments. It's going to take a little time. But those adjustments, that time is what creates the rules. Right. And if someone unsubscribes. That's okay. They're going to do that. That's what we want. You got to make sure. In fact, that's another point. Make sure they have a way to unsubscribe. Um, you give them the outlets and ways to do that because you, you don't want to just handicap them into or, or trap them into what it is that they have to do there. So give them a way to unsubscribe. If they do, that's okay. It's not a big deal. And some people will take it personal. It's not. It's, they want to receive a message from you. They just don't like you. They don't want to, they don't ever want to hear from you again. They don't like anything about you. They don't like they don't anything like the about you. They may not have met you. They just don't like your your digital vibes, right? That you're putting uh, out, yeah. right? But, but it's, it's all okay. the grind set. So stay on the grind set. <laughs> have we trademarked that yet? We haven't. I did uh, watch an episode of Life Swap last night, though, where okay. uh, this guy was always talking about grinding and. Not in the same way. Wait, 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 no, wait, wait. No, no. He was always talking. About, he's like, you just got to stay. T-. They made their kids like have jobs. He's like, it's about you just got to grind. You got to mm. get out there. He never once said grind set. And I thought it was a missed opportunity from 2008. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. You know, you got to get those hustle. You got to hustle, Ryan. Hustle. Yeah. You always got to hustle. You hustle, know, hustle, hustle. Stay on the grind. Grind, grind. And I, and I'm, I don't think I'm going to say this. No cap, right? How, yeah. how would I say it? Is that the appropriate usage? Of that? Sure. Sure. I want to, I want to explore this over a series of episodes <laughs> to see if you can what? get slang. I don't even know. I have no idea, idea how, like if I'm reading it, what, like if, I, if, if it's on a meme or something mm-hmm. or in a post and I'm reading the, the Gen Z slang, I have, I have no idea um, if I'm reading it properly or not. It's I don't feel like people even talk like it either. It's literally just for the Internet, I think. OK, so you guys like, are like I, having conversations. You're not least, like going down to the local so, local soda shop and like saying like straight buzzing or bussing. Or however you say it, right? It, it would be <laughs> How bussing. does that work? Although bussing, sometimes, right. 
I do so I now that I say that. I do sometimes use bussin in real life. So I don't know. I also like schmackin'. It's another good one. Like 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 honey smacks. Like like kinda. You know, you're talking about food like the schmacks. Sometimes oh, people yes, say yeah, it yeah, slaps, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Bryce used to yeah, say that all the time. One of our yeah, designers exactly. said that all the time. Yeah. So, well, you're okay. gonna get it one of well, these days. And, nah, and to you guys to. who are listening, there's a little slang for you to use. You know, no cap. <laughs> so email marketing is important. Utilize it. Have a strategy behind it. Implement it for clients and candidates. Be consistent within it. Follow the spam regulations and rules. Make sure you set up the proper systems, um, and you make it part of what you do from a marketing perspective. So it can begin become another touch point and provide a resource to your prospective clients and candidates. So that way, when the time it is right, they'll reach out to you to be able to engage you to find that right person, or for you to be able to help them further that career. Um, and that I think is the summary. Of the episode. Absolutely. Oh, it sounds good. And, uh, you know, as we're closing it out, talking about email marketing, be sure to uh, subscribe to our email newsletter. Uh, You can do that on our website. And, uh, you know, you'll just get good info from our blogs, different news and insights, uh, podcast episodes. Uh, Make sure to go like, uh, like our pages on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and, uh, you know, keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your uh, recruiter friends, <laughs> your buddies in the industry, buddies in the industry. Just just do it. We appreciate just everybody's it. time. Have a good day.